0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate um, Dave's help in this. Uh, he has been the one doing all the downloading, so... I really appreciate his commitment to me as well, and to the word, because uh, my technical skills are not that wonderful um, and and just to just to highlight that about um, the reason we used to climb a lot, and um, whenever we climbed as a group, um, we used to say we went at the pace of the slowest climber, and so um, and I know see Robbie and and the guys all here from youth, and we've been saying to them, you know, about getting the youth involved, if we can do a chapter a day, Daniel turns 15 in March, and I've chatted to him about this, so we're going to do this as a together as a family, um, so by the, heat, by the time he turns 18, or just before he turns 18, we'll have read the whole Bible together. I think that's a great thing to do with your kids, isn't it? Hence, we're doing a chapter a day. So, and for those of you who are theologians and want to study it, go deeper. It's only one chapter, and if you want to take your usual two hours in the words, then um, then you can dig deeper into it. But praise God, we have made it. We're on New Year's Eve, we've made it through, all oh well, we have another few hours to go and we have made it through 2023. For some of you, that will have been a wonderful year. For some of you, you'll be glad to see the back end of it um, and you're looking forward to New Year. This is my favorite time of the year. I love New Year's Eve and I love New Year's Day. It's my, I feel every year um, for the last, I don't know, five decades, I've um, felt that every time I hit a new year, that God gives me a clean slate. It's like God saying, okay, son, you've done okay, you've got through, you've had a few mess ups and you've had a few mess ups, but we've got a clean slate and we're going to go again. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up bright and breezy, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to start all over again for a fresh new year. Um, Some of you maybe feel 2023 was a bit like this chap on screen. Watch the screens for a moment or two. You maybe think it went a little bit like this. It's one way to do hurdles, isn't it? There you go. Don't think he actually made one. Um, So, do you want to say it again? Do you want to say it again? Can you put it on again? Can we run it again? Oh, here's a different one. Same guy. There's a little song on it that says this is how legends are born, so our legends are made. I'm not dead sure, but there you go. And some of you maybe feel 2023 was a little bit like that. It was a little bit like um, missing the hurdles and and, and just getting through. And it's been a weird year, a weird, weird year from across the globe. If you Google, um, which I have been doing over the last few days, the war in Russia and Ukraine, Um, has claimed 95,000 lives in 2023. Um, Israel, Gaza, 30,000 people to date. Um, Syria, would you hear this, Syria lost 6,000 people this year, right? But from the conflict started in 2011, they've lost almost 700,000 people. Um, Afghanistan, 50,000 people. Conflicts in Ethiopia, 109,000. That's just a few. If you, if you, um, so across the world has been a, a year that we think from the scriptural point of view, when these things begin to happen, and we talked about those things, he talked about wars and rumors of wars, pestilences, and, um, and world phenomena happening. He said, when these things begin to happen, look up. For your redemption draws nigh, Luke tells us in his gospel. But I want to read to you um, a passage of scripture that you'll be well familiar with in Philippians 3. And it's a great passage to read at this time of the year. And Paul's writing to the churches in Philippi, and he says, Not that I have already obtained all this. And basically, what he's talking about there, if you were to read the passage, it'd say, my goal, before he says this, he says, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. It's pretty, pretty awesome bit of writing. And then he says, "Now, not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, that goal to know him fully, but I say, he said, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Now, I've spoken this passage, I've said this passage to you dozens of times. I love this because um, in 2023, some of you or some of us haven't taken hold of what Christ took hold of us for. You see that? He took hold of us for something. We're going to look at that this morning. Um, And some of us haven't grabbed the bait. We haven't grabbed the bait that God has given us. He's taken hold of us for something, and we have yet to take hold of that, all right? And the very reason Christ took hold of you, some of you in this room need to acknowledge what that is, what that is, and conform to it so that you take hold of it and run with him, all right? He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting which is behind, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, when you're in a race, the last thing you need to do is look back. All right? Um, These two guys on the screen, Roger Bannister and John Landy, were the first two guys in the world to break the four-minute mile. It was unheard of that Uh, Anybody could run a mile in less than four minutes and both these guys did it in the same year And this race that they were winning um, took this picture on the screen The bronze sculpture is commemorating the race in which John Landy and Roger Bannister ran in 1954 During the British Games in Vancouver And the race was known as the Miracle Mile For the simple reason because they were the first two runners to break that Um four-minute mile record. Now, Landy held the world record. Landy's the one on the right, and he's the one who held the world record. And he was actually winning this race when he made one critical mistake, as you can see from the right-hand picture, he looked over his left shoulder. And when he looked over his left shoulder, Bannister passed him on the right um, and won the race by 0.4 of a second. Four of a second. Now the statue was sculpted from a photograph. That photograph, taken of the fateful moment. And after the sculptor Landy said this, he said, "While Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt for looking back, I am probably the only one ever turned into a pillar of bronze for looking back." And um, and it's, it's 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 a dangerous thing to look back when you're in a race. All right, um, and I wonder. This morning, as we conclude the year, and my message is short this morning, because I know all the kids are out as well, and I promise that, and I'll keep my promise. But I wonder, do we ever look back in such a way that keeps us from moving forward in our Christian life? We can look back to things that actually hold us from moving forward. For some people in the room, that will be success. Success. They'll think, well, I've done it, and I'm at that age now where I have sort of done it and been there and got the T-shirt, and now I can sort of put the clutch in and can and cruise home. For some in the room, it'll be failure. For some in the room, it'll be, well, I was a bit like that guy running through the hurdles this year, and, I just, and, and while you understand in some shape or form the forgiveness of God, you just can't um, forgive yourself. And churches are good at this too. We can sit around talking about the good old days instead of focusing on what God has for us now. My granda on my mom's side died a couple of years before I was born. But my mom used to tell me that he he had a little saying. He used to say, everybody talks about the good old days. He used to say, they weren't that good, I was there. (laughs) And... um, Uh, So sometimes we can just talk about the good old days and focus on what God, instead of focusing on what God has doing or is doing for us now. And if God has used you in the past, that's great. Um, uh, But realize that God's still work for you to do, all right? And don't settle for being a has-been, because there's no such thing as a has-been in the Christian life. People... um, God uses people in the present, wherever you are. I don't care if you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, or if you've reached a ton, um, like my granda on my dad's side almost did. Um, there is no husbands in the Christian life. Other people, as I say, have the opposite problem. Instead of looking at their successes, they look at the failures. They feel God in the past, so they feel that sort of sets them up for the present. And um, If that's you today, then let me encourage you two things. First of all, if you're in Christ, all right, if you're in Christ, know that God has forgiven you. You mightn't have forgiven yourself, but God has forgiven you, and you need to get over yourself, and you need to start forgiving yourself. And secondly, know that God has still work for you to do, all right? He is the God of the second chance third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, or none of us would be here. In fact, actually, he often uses your past failures. God's good at that. He turns beauty, he makes beauty out of ashes, and he actually uses people's past failures to help them minister to where they are. We call it indigenous groups. Sometimes if um, you need someone to help you through an addiction or something like that, the best people are the people who have actually walked that road. And come through that. And often times I've seen that so, so many times in church. Where people are sitting helping someone. And it dawns on them, wow. God is now helping me use what was in my past, which was broken and misplaced to help this person in the present. And it's a beautiful thing that God does. But if you keep looking backwards, you're never going to go forwards. That's, I suppose, what I'm saying. And as Christians, you need to forget what's behind and strain is the actual word there in Philippines, strain to what is ahead. And the word strain means to exert yourself to the uttermost to exert yourself till, you, till you're almost out of breath. That's what the meaning of this is. And there's effort involved in the Christian life. You're saved by grace. but well, that doesn't mean there's no work for you to do. And I, I love this passage. We quote it often, and we forget to quote verse 10. All right, but we quote verses 8 and 9, and we forget to quote verse 10. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works. You can't work for it, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Don't let anybody ever tell you you're not saved for works. You're not saved by works. You're saved by faith. And it's by, our, by, by the grace of God and by our faith in that grace that saves us, not of our own works, but we are saved for works which God actually has prepared for um, beforehand for you to do. So it's back to my original passage, we, have you taken hold of what God has taken hold of you for? Have you figured out these good works? Have you figured out verse 10? Have you figured out what it is God has for you in this season of your life? Because it might be very different. You may be retired in the room and that could be very different for you now in this season of your life. But to figure it out and to keep figuring it out, I'm going to go away tomorrow and figure out because I'm not content to think it was just the same as what 2023 was for me. I need a new word. I need a new, I need fresh manna. I need to eat the fresh bread. Because I can't just go back on the steel bread because it just gets stale very quick. And so we need to stay fresh all the time. Now, um, if if we do that, you look at verse 14 in this passage. It says, I press on, that's the word strain, to exert the uttermost, towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This verse is all about perseverance, purposeful living, Um, what, What what good is it if you run a race and drop out before you finish? You need to persevere. There has to be perseverance. And you need to know to do that, you need to have purpose. To have perseverance, you must have purpose. And you need to keep your eyes on the goal. And I just wrote a few things down yesterday. God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. So don't settle for less than that. Don't live for your life for earthly things. You have a higher calling than that. Don't give in to complacency or, content, or contentment. Uh, you need to be satisfied in Jesus and yet have a holy discontent. I'm, I'm really satisfied that Jesus loves me, and I'm really satisfied in, in, in all of those things, but I have a holy discontent in, in that I know I haven't fulfilled. I feel a bit like like the Apostle Paul, that I still haven't achieved that goal of the high calling, that I, I need to persevere, I need to keep going, because it's really important to keep our eyes on the goal, to focus on the finish line, and remember what the race is all about, to keep your eyes on the prize. Now, what happens in a race as you get closer to the finish line? Now, Laurie will know this story. We, a couple of years ago, we did couch to 5K, and it was really good. And at the end of the Couch to 5K, you do a park run, and so I went to the lakes to do the park run, and um, there was hundreds of people at it. It was incredible, Um, and we were right at the back, uh, with all the slow coaches, and they started to run, and I got my competitive head on, and being a little bit overweight, I I started to pass people, and that gave me a real good energy boost. And I started to pass, and I thought, this is brilliant. I'm passing her." Laurie said she'd just done her little jog, and <sighs> it was 5K. Well, at 4K, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I honestly thought I was going to die. And, um, the, and, and I, I'd done my knee in, couldn't run then for about four months after that. And, uh, uh, but here's the thing. You don't slow down. I was slowing down at the end of the race, but if you pace yourself right, you speed up at the end of the race because the end is in sight and you're running a race and the prize is before you. So what you need to do this year is as we enter the new year, you need to get rid of all distractions, all right? You need to shake off the excess baggage, all right? Because it's a narrow way and the reason it's a narrow way is that you can't carry stuff down it. That's why it's called a narrow way. He said there's a broad and a crowded way and many find that road. But he said there's a, there's a straight and narrow way and few there be who find that way. And I'm going to go further and tell you that that verse wasn't written to non-believers. That verse was written to believers. Now, I quite confident as a preacher we can preach to unbelievers on that verse. There's no problem doing that. But the verse specifically was written to the church. All right? And broad and crowded road and many go down that road because they're not willing to count the cost. But when you count the cost, you have to shed the baggage because the road's narrow and it's straight and you can't carry stuff down that road. All right? Now when you come to... Um, Hebrews, you'll know this verse, and it starts with a therefore, and I've taught you this over the years, that when you find a therefore in the Bible, you have to look and see what it's there for, all right? It's there for a reason. It's a link word. It's a connecting to the previous passage. Now, if you know the Bible, you'll know if you go back into Hebrews 11, it's the great chapter of faith, and the great chapter of faith, Billy Strachan calls it Rogues Gallery. Um, You have all kinds of people uh, in that chapter. And um, the thing about it is, it finishes with people who died not receiving the promise. And then it says, therefore, since we are um, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all the people who have gone on before us, all the people who have died, not receiving the promise. We're still here. We're still breathing and still kicking. He says, we're surrounded by, imagine this great crowd of witnesses. Imagine your family and friends who have gone on before that are part of that great crowd of witnesses that are cheering us on, that are standing on the sidelines of our lives. I I read a little book by um, Heather Landorf, I think it is, called Balcony People years and years ago, and it was about the people who stood on the on the um, balconies of your life and cheered you on. I wrote an email to a friend of mine yesterday. I got a beautiful email from Fanta Clark, from Bishop Fanta, um, yesterday, and it was it was beautiful, I have to say. And I was telling him about that book, Balcony people, the people who have stood on the balcony of your life, this is, this, is, this is the people. And it says, if they're if there they're, uh, spurring us on, let us lay, lay aside every weight. What's the weight of 2023? What would you clarify to be a weight? What would you think in your mind right now was the weight that held you back from taking hold of what he has taken hold of you for? All of us know something, I'm sure. I know I do. Alright? A weight And he says, lay it aside, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. It's not usually the big things. I've done this many times. Anybody in here ever been bitten by an elephant? Anybody? No, no. Anybody ever been stung by a bear or a wasp? Well, that just goes to prove it's the little things in life that get you. Every time. Every single time. And so and so the, the thing is, that it's the thing that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race. There we go, endurance before this exerting, all right? Run with endurance the race that is set for, before us. Looking unto Jesus, looking to the finish line. He's the author, he's the finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, you and I, the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. And he sat down on the right hand of God. So forget what's behind. Strain to what is ahead. Press on towards the goal to win the prize. And that's how you keep a forward focus in life. Now, we're coming to an end. The Christian life is a race. And um, there are only three reasons that you're not in the race today. Only three reasons. Here they are. You never started. Or you stopped running. Or you finished. Now, if you're here, you haven't finished. all right? If you're here, you haven't finished, so can rule that one out. all right. So and if you're not in the race, Rick did this at the very beginning, I was so glad he did this um, in our announcement um, just before the worship finished. If you're not in the race, um, that means either you've never started or you've stopped running. and if you've never started, let me invite you into the race today. There's an invitation. And the Bible, I did a funeral yesterday of a friend of mine, 61, who passed away through tragic events. And um, I give the invitation that Jesus gave and John the Baptist gave, repent and believe. You couldn't make it any simpler than that. Repent of your sin. That doesn't mean turn over a new leaf. That means turn around and go a different direction. Walk away from the sin of your past, and step into the race of life. Step into the race of eternity that will take you to your eternal destiny, accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Christ died for your sins so you wouldn't have to, and His forgiveness is immediate, and it's free, and it's indescribably sweet and beautiful. So repent and believe. But for those of you, um, who have stopped maybe a long time ago, somewhere along the way, you've stopped running. Perhaps you stumbled and fell. Perhaps um, you just got tired and decided to take a break, but never got back on the wheel again, really. And um, if you're sitting in the sidelines, can I say to you today, it's time to get back in the race. Can I say to you on behalf of the elders of Emmanuel, we need you. The body of Christ needs you. Your neighbors need you. Your spheres of influence. You say, well, I'm not a very influential people. Listen, statistics show us that each and every one of us have five to seven strategic people that we influence. Your family, for one. The school mums and dads at the gate. Your neighbors, your work colleagues, on and on I could go. Five to seven strategic groups that you have an influence on. The Bible actually said, I shared this at the funeral yesterday, he that he that being dead still speaks. Even when you die, your life speaks on because there's legacy in you. And because even when you die, the imprint of your life is still on people around you. Your life actually still speaks. And so if you're sitting on the sidelines, it's time to get back in the race because there's a savior to serve and there's a prize to be won and uh, you need to run in such a way as to finish the race and win the prize. Turning sixty-five at the beginning of December, I say this year after year makes me realise just how important it is to finish well. We see it all over the place at the moment. People who just don't finish well, and it's awful to have run a race. Paul talked about this. He said that uh, he said he beat himself. <laughs> He beat himself, lest he, after he had preached to others, became a castaway himself. Wow. There's a challenge in this. And um, I don't know if I've ever told you, the, read you the poem of the two frogs. It's a great poem. Let me read it to you. Um, two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul but the other took a gloomy view. We shall drown, he cried, without more ado. So with a last despairing cry, he flung up his legs and said goodbye. Said the other frog with a merry grin, I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll just swim around till my strength is spent, then I will die the more content. Bravely he swam till it did seem, his struggling began to churn the cream. On top of the butter at last he stepped, and out of the bowl at last he leapt. What of the moral? It is easy found. If you can't get out, keep swimming around. Don't give up. If you've stopped running, start running again. My, one of my favorite films was on yesterday. It's theologically deep and powerful. And full of so many lessons. And I have a little clip that I want to show you as we finish. Let's watch it. Wow. Dusty. The mask. Where's the mask? No. No, no, the mask. Get it. Get the mask. Get the mask. Get it. <laughs> Woohoo! La, 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 la. Just keeps going on, doesn't it? Echo! Echo! Hey, what you doing? It's gone. I've lost the mask. Would you drop it? You dropped it! That was my only chance of finding my son. Now it's gone! Hey, Mr. Grumpy Gills. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? I don't want to know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Dory, no singing. Ho, 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 ho. Dory. I love to swim And Dory. When you want to swim, you want See, to... See, I'm gonna get stuck on. now with that song! Now it's in my head! Sorry. <laughs> Who all's going home to watch it now? James is going to come and finish us with a song. Um, But in the words of wise old Dory, just keep swimming, 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 just keep swimming. That's what we need to do. Keep the fight on. Keep the battle going. We need you. We need you in the fight. The body of Christ needs you. So keep swimming. And be like that old optimistic frog. Father, I pray today that your word will land into our hearts. I pray, Lord, just even with the silliness of some of these movies, we thank you for the power of the punch. That we just need to keep swimming. And swimming. And swimming. Keeping our eyes focused on the prize. Because there's a savior to serve. And there's a prize to win. May we be known as people who go into this new year following the prize. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.